1: You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host... Eric Skwarzynski. All
0: right, guys. Thank you so much for watching the Preacher Voice podcast. I'm sitting here today with Amanda Householder. If you are on TikTok, you've probably seen her video pop up here and there. Um, If you're in any of the Facebook groups for people who grew up within the IFB movement, any support groups, anything like that, um, she's super active there. You've probably seen some content. um, And she is doing a lot of really good work. Hundreds of thousands of views on these videos um, showcasing the abuse at Circle of Hope which is a reform school. Um, I've been excited to actually get to talk to a lot of people from these schools because it's something that I only heard the positive PR about you know, growing up. So um, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Can you just tell people who you are and kind of introduce you know, what you're doing and kind of what your mission is?
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Amanda Householder. Um, my parents do own and operate Circle of Hope Girls Ranch in Humansville, Missouri. Um, my goal right now is to spread awareness to um, these abusive boarding schools because um, my main push was because there is a girl who um, she, I think she was sent to Circle of Hope in 2007, but um, I do have pictures dated 2006. Okay. Um, but she was sent there and I think she was 15 or 16, and she's been there ever since. Um, she is. Um, disabled and her parents handed co-guardianship over to my parents and so um I don't know I just started thinking about how like I didn't want to be there after I turned 18 and so it just got to me and so I just decided to like try to help spread the word to get her out and in a safe environment
0: Right. So, um, I mean, the the first time that I ever found you and ever, like, became aware of who you were and even that Circle of Hope existed was when you shared the first video that you ever shared publicly, which was a, um, and I'll insert it into the episode, but it was uh, basically a, a video where you could just hear your dad in the video, you know, telling one of the workers to knock one of the students out. Knock her out.
1: Yes,
0: sir. I mean it. Knock her out. Yes, sir. And that goes for the rest of you.
1: If she clenches her fist like she's going to hit you, that's a threat. Knock her out. Yes, sir. You got that, Ashlyn? Yes, sir. And are you being
0: I watched the video and I was like, what is this? Like, what is this? Like, who, what is this? Who is this? And, you know, I was reading through the comments and, like it didn't take long to see that there's a lot of people who understood exactly the situation you were showing um and yeah i mean then going on to tiktok seeing your stuff there getting more information about it um it was it was pretty eye opening um and and like i said my my experience and, and knowledge of these kind of schools was growing up we would have people come in from agape and say you know it's a it's a really strict school um And, you know, but it's for the people that need a strict school. And that was kind of the, and, and like growing up, it was like, oh, it makes sense. Like I'm not a bad kid, so I would never get sent here, but whoever goes there probably deserves it, you know, that kind of thing. But then doing this show, I start seeing all these stories and I'm like, there's a lot more to this than uh, what we heard growing up. So, um, so, so were you, is this as long as you can remember you were involved in this or was it something that as a young kid, your parents started doing or what, what was kind of your introduction to all of this?
1: Um, for as long as I can remember, I was growing up in this situation. I do know stories from what, like, my parents have told me from, like, a time we weren't in these, and I have seen pictures, but I don't remember. I, like, I don't remember living with my grandma. Um, I don't li- remember anything before working in, um, it was called Faith Children's Home in Tampa, Florida, in, like, 1994, I think it was. And so, um, th- those are my, those are my earliest memories are being at that school. Um,
0: was it initially, like, was it initially negative? Was it something where like for a long time you felt like, oh, this is just normal and you didn't, cause when you grew up in it, that's always, it's kind of the same conversation I had with, um, Benjamin Williams from peps the house. Like he's like, it was normal to me. That's all I knew. So was that how it was for you? Or did you always feel like this is kind of weird that we do this?
1: No, it was normal, but the thing that that made it normal for me, looking back at it is at this place we had to call all of the staff, aunt and uncle, and so those people, literally as a like four year old became my family. Hmm. Um, even to this day, like I have um, friends that are, are like cousins to me because their parents worked there, and um, we just kept in contact um, but it, it's weird because um, growing up, like, being that young there, it was, it was fun. Um, I was still being, like, what I, I say I was being abused, because my dad went over the top with our spankings and stuff, but from, that was just from birth anyways, but it was different, because I had this huge family that, like, would take care of me when my parents, I, it was just like, I could go hang out with the girls and like, hang out with the the students and not be around my parents around that time. So it was fun. Um, I don't really remember a bad time, except they did have a room that I was not allowed to go into because that was the room they did spankings in. And obviously if I went in there, it would be me getting a spanking next. So, um, I need to stay away from that room. Um, but being so young, I the first time, I don't remember really a bad time.
0: Yeah. No. So um, obviously, you know, now, like, with all the stuff you're putting out, all the stories, like, you know, I'm seeing stories every single day posted, people sharing their experiences. And so, you know, obviously, looking back in retrospect, there's a lot of things that were happening that shouldn't have been happening. Um, yeah. When, when was the time that you first, like, or maybe the first incident where you were like, this is not just a, you know, a place where they're trying to help people. There's something else here that's like not as positive and, you know, maybe is a negative place.
1: Um, I would say Agape. Um, but that was because um, when we got to Agape, I was 11. And um, when we toured the property, they had this like room that was um, right next to the, um, staff bathrooms and um actually the which is weird the female bathroom connected to this room so like we could go into this room but this room was all padded and carpeted or not padded it was just carpeted so it had like the cheapest carpet you could think of on it um and i remember um boys going up there and then coming back and they were um bloody it wasn't just like bruises they were like bloody um but we knew that (laughs) as girls, we weren't supposed to be looking at the boys. So like, it wasn't something you could like stare at or like get involved right. in anything like that. So oh. that's basically when I kind of started realizing that these kids were going through um, what I was going through at home. So.
0: Okay. So noticing that was a little bit weird. So what's the, so a lot of these houses are connected. So that's the weird thing I'm finding. out. was like, there's, as much as the IFB is interconnected, like these homes are also connected in similar ways. So how does this work? So like you're it's Faith Children's Home in Florida, then there's connection at Agape. Was it just them transferring and working at different schools before ending up at Circle of Hope? Or were they connected? Was it like a ministry of Agape? Like how did that work?
1: Well, um so a lot of the schools are connected because they do send students from like one school to another if like they need to replace a student. Um, a lot of them do move staff and a lot of them like students like the, his Fespa house. I, I butcher that name. I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, Lucinda Pennington, she actually went to that school and then she was a staff member at Hope Children's home when we were there in Tampa, Florida. And so a lot of them are just either students that know of these schools and go to work at these schools or staff that just transfer from school to school because they know of these schools
0: lucinda is an interesting character (laughs) i was watching uh i was watching uh the dr phil i think everybody was that that knows anything about this and you know i was just watching her and i was like man how are you so convinced of the opposite of what everybody else is saying? Um, and you know, a lot's come out since then of like her actual credentials and things like that. And the things that she was touting herself to be, um, what was your, what was your kind of, you know, did you know her pretty well? Or I'm just curious, cause she seems very interesting. So I'm curious that she worked in some of the same places.
1: Um, I wasn't allowed to be around her. So, um, I my parent, it's confusing because um, at one point I was staying at one of the girls' house houses. And I don't know if you know, with like in the IFB religion, everything's like conviction. So like one person can watch TV and like the other family doesn't. So I was staying with this one girl and my parents found out we were staying up until like three o'clock in the morning watching TV. And so then they t- made it to where I couldn't um, hang out with people. And well, when Lucinda came, she started enforcing like girls can um, talk to the boys and like girls can wear short to the knee, like uh, boy shorts to the knee. And um, well, my dad started talking a lot of stuff about her like, she's an evil woman, she's this, she's that, she's this, and she's that. So that was my opinion on her. I don't know because I did not um, witness her abuse. I do have friends that were on the receiving end of her abuse. Um, but I do have what I do have to say is like, I found out later after I saw the Dr. Phil episode. Well, before that, I wanted to reach out to her a couple of times because I knew that my parents could not stand her. And I wanted to reach out to her and ask her why just on my end, trying to, um, validate more of my stuff because I, at hope went to people about my abuse and I was just abused more. And so I wanted, I was like, well, she didn't like my parents. I could ask her, her side, well, then I asked her, I saw that Dr. Phil episode and I was like, no, <laughs> that's not happening. I'm not, cause she was like agreed with everything that happened at the, his FESBA house. And that's what was going on at my parents' house. And so, um, I posted that video and, um, one of the girls that is really good friends with Lucinda was like, Hey, you need to message Lucinda. Like she sees this and she needs, she like needs you to talk to her like now, so I unblocked her <laughs> and, um, I, I asked her for her phone number and I called her and well, um, come to find out she was actually fired from that home because she called CPS on my dad three times because she with my dad do inappropriate things in a room with a girl. And so she was fired from that home. Um, I do say, I do like applaud her for doing that. Cause like no one has ever stood up to my dad before, Um, She said that my dad punched her almost in the face. Like he had her by the neck and um, her husband had to tackle my dad. (laughs) And so like, I was just, that's the first woman I have ever heard to like stand up against my dad, which was weird after seeing the Dr. Phil episode.
0: Yeah. Well, it kind of, I mean, it, it, it gives some validity to her claims of like calling out. I mean, obviously that's, and that's the tricky thing with these houses is what people consider abuse varies so much, yeah. especially within the IFB. Like, you know, like there's people who would say spanking of any kind is, you know, abuse or people who would say like and like, you know, I do, I, I've never said on the show exactly where I'm at on all that. But like I because I don't want to whatever. I don't, I don't want to offend people. I don't want people who need to hear the rest of that, you know, but like, you know, like there's a lot of things that were normal for like my friends and I growing up that like I don't do with my daughter because I feel like there's other ways to communicate than, you know, corporal punishment and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it's just weird with these, with these homes because like someone like her doesn't see an issue with this kind of spankings that they were administering there. She didn't see a problem with the dietary things and all of that, but then she does blow the horn on you know something like that. It, it's just an interesting, but that's, that's what's hard about all of this is it's, it's, everybody has this weird, these weird moral gray areas that they just don't step into.
1: Well, it was weird because she said that – well, I like I said, they spanked Faith and um, Hope when they changed the name they spanked. But she said when she got there, she, like, told them that she wasn't going to spank and that they were done spanking. And, like, my dad was the principal of the school, and I remember him taking girls and boys into his office and him spanking them. But then I remember that ending. So, like, when I saw that, like, episode – and I don't know. I was just really confused. I was just like – I'm, like – I just yeah. don't understand. Um. But, um, yeah, when she contacted me, she's like, I do not agree with what your dad's doing and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, neither do I, obviously.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So you start realizing, so Agape, you're about how old when you notice that there's, you know, guys are going up and did you ever find out what that was or or what was going on there at Agape with the guys coming out?
1: It's called a restraining room. Talking to the guys later, it's not a restraining room. It was more of a um rough it up room, and they would like throw boys around in there um, like
0: staff and the the people there or the yeah, guys it
1: would be there like or staff on a guy like that um, I know like at hope there was this one guy that my dad and him he was like a seventeen year old boy him and my dad would get in like fist fights, and like this kid not saying like this kid could like handle himself like he could do run up a wall and like do flips so like it wasn't like he was up against anything that wasn't his match like him and my dad literally would go uh head to head but i think when we got to agave it like um it was different cuz he had all of these boys because right uh when i got to be like um 14 there was this kid who um he was younger than me but he was always on the wall he i don't remember a time except maybe like once when he got to sit on the no talking table, but he was always on the wall. Um, and he looked up at me off the wall and my dad over or not overheard, but my dad saw it. And like, my dad walked over to him and he's like, if you ever look at my daughter again, I will restrain you. And so, um, I just remember like, then I was like feeling guilty for that. And like, um, at that time I guilty,
0: guilty that he looked at you
1: guilty that my dad was using me to like
0: <laughs> to I don't of like know, provoke a reaction out of basically people so he could engage and this them kid was like much.
1: 12 it he was he was a little kid he wasn't he wasn't like the gang members that they had because they did have gang members and he wasn't like that he wasn't like a tough kid he was I don't know I just remember feeling like sad for him and like not protective but just like wanting to like run away and um But I had already run away, like, multiple times before this at Agape and it never worked. So, um, I just remember thinking, like, as, like, 14, 15, thinking, like, we should all riot and, like, this place could be, like, done. But obviously, like, everyone being (laughs) brainwashed, it would have never, like, it would have never worked. But, yeah, no, I don't feel like there was ever a time at Agape that I felt like this was really helping people, necessarily, like, I I still was brainwashed in the fact that, like, God and hell and all of this stuff, but it wasn't, like, I don't know, It, it was just more, um, it was more of the stuff that happened at home, like, my dad would always pick me up and, like, throw me around and stuff like that, but, like, that was, like, openly, like, happening there, basically, we weren't allowed to watch it, they would yell, like, uh, restraint, and we were all supposed to, like, leave, but, um, I just remember like them doing that and like a whole like swarm of boys just backing up and like all of the staff ladies having to leave and stuff like that so I don't know just something didn't feel right necessarily.
0: Okay um and when you, you brought up the the thing of like okay there was a range so like obviously this is a 12 year old kid and then you also have like gang members. And so like, what was the demographics of these schools? Cause it seems like, I know you mentioned one of your videos, like there was a girl at circle hook that was like five years old. So like, was there any set age group? Was it just, and, and what were the reasons parents were sending their kids? Was it primarily like the majority were like hard crimes and like they, they, it's either that or juvie or like that kind of thing. Or was it like anybody for any reason, And we sent them. We were
1: led to believe that all of them were gang members there. Um, Looking back now and like talking to them after they got out, a lot of them were just sent there for like family issues. Like like, some of them had like mental issues that like families couldn't deal with. Some had um, like they didn't get along with their families or like alcoholism, but a lot of it wasn't like, I do know they were gang members, like, I do know that, um, some of those gang members had, like, tattoos and stuff like that, um, but a lot of them now, I'm, like, they were just innocent, not innocent, but, you know, like, innocent victims. A, a normal, lot of, t- a normal teen, <laughs> or a
0: lot of them normal,
1: yeah. yeah, a lot of them didn't know about drugs and stuff until they left, and, like, well, not until they left, <laughs> um, until like being there because they were talking with their, um, with agape people and that's how they learned about drugs. That's actually how I learned about drugs because mm-hmm. it, my brother got sent to agape and like he would, when he, when he came home, he was like telling me all these things and it was just like, I don't know. It was weird. It was, it's yeah. sad being back on it. Like,
0: right. Yeah. So, um, so you, your, your family's at agape for a little bit and then, um, uh, end up going to Circle of Hope, which is also in Missouri, correct?
1: Yeah, it's actually about 13 miles um, from the town of Stockton where Agape is.